The Money Heroes Podcast from Young Money, supported by HSBC UK. Hello and welcome back to the Money Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Hart. During this series, we hope to empower both parents and children to develop their financial knowledge and skills. Well, the world of money continues to evolve and helping children build healthy money management habits can be quite overwhelming. But that is why we're here. And as a dad myself, so far, with the help of the Money Heroes podcast and our special guests, I've learned a number of important things. Firstly, start them early. Children are never too young to begin learning about money. The sooner they're able to understand, the better. Secondly, it's actually quite fun to talk about money. That's something our guests have really pushed home. We found a number of ways to do that, and I hope you've taken on board some of the tips we've suggested. And finally, children actually enjoy the responsibility and independence they feel when you give them a chance to make money choices. So thank you for all your interest and participation so far. In our last episode, Sam Kennard, the Programme Manager for Money Heroes, updated us on the programme's progress so far and how you can get involved, as well as answering some of your burning questions on helping children understand the value of money and encouraging them to be financially responsible using the Money Heroes resources available. We were also joined by Key Stage 2 Super Stories for Money Heroes author Emma Norrie, who left us with great insight to developing children's education and money management habits through stories. And if you haven't heard that episode, be sure to catch up. Today we'll be talking about the rationale and value of Money Heroes and bringing it to life with our guest, Tina Harrison, Professor of Financial Services Marketing and Consumption at the University of Edinburgh. Tina played a crucial part in helping us identify the need and value of Money Heroes, a programme supporting both parents and teachers collaboratively to develop children's financial capability skills from an early age. It really is true that 90% of parents with children aged 5 to 20 believe learning about money is important for their child's future, and 89% think it's important for their child to learn about money both at school and at home. So as a parent, how can you ensure that you're effectively developing your child's financial capability skills at home? Well, along with the activities and storybooks available on the Money Heroes platform, you're also able to collaborate with teachers from your child's school and track their progress. This is done via your dashboard. Your child's school or teacher will have a code once they register to the platform that they can share with you. Once you've entered this code on your dashboard, you'll have access to look at what activities your child has completed in the classroom. You can use this information to continue developing your child's skills and knowledge under the same financial education theme. For example, if they've completed an activity on, let's say, managing risks and emotions associated with money in the classroom, you can complete the home activities under the same theme. If you have completed the activity, why not try the challenge section found on the activity sheet to test their skills and knowledge? An alternative step to take is through the financial education planning framework. Test your child's skills and knowledge using the learning objectives under the same theme. You can play a game by asking them to explain what they already know and what they would like to learn. For example, for ages 5 to 7 under managing risks and emotions associated with money, one of the learning objectives is 
I am beginning to understand why saving money can be important and how that makes me feel. Ask your child to explain why saving money is important to them as an individual and for you as a family. Your child's priorities will probably be the latest game or fashion accessory, while yours is household expenses. Talk about the differences and similarities in your priorities. Then ask them how having to save makes them feel. They can make a list or they can act out their emotions. You can then iron out any misconceptions. The primary planning framework is available on the Money Heroes website, so you can play this game when you drop them off at school, while you're out for a walk or at home. It's a fun conversation starter and gives you loads of flexibility to ask the questions suited to your family situation. The Money Heroes Podcast. Developing financially capable children together. So now I'm joined by Professor Tina Harrison to tell us all about approaching financial education and bringing it to life. Tina is Professor of Financial Services Marketing and Consumption at the University of Edinburgh. She teaches and researches in the area of financial services with a particular interest in understanding how to improve young people's and adults' financial capabilities. So it's all very apt for this podcast. She has worked with the Money and Pension Service and Young Enterprise on several projects to improve young people's financial knowledge and skills through financial education, including the current evaluation of the Your Money Matters textbook. Tina is currently a member of the Scottish Financial Education Forum, the Fintech Scotland Consumer Panel, and the Money and Pension Service Research and Evaluation Group, helping to promote and protect financial consumers' interests and financial education. Tina, welcome. We are very excited to have you with us today. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. If you could tell us about the value of developing money management skills from an early age. You've previously highlighted that teachers are key to helping children develop their financial capability for later in life. So how do you think that responsibility is shared with parents and how do you think they can work together? Well, developing financial skills is really important at a very young age. And, and that's not just me saying that. I think there's plenty of research evidence that shows how important it is to develop those skills with young people at a young age and to keep developing um, throughout life as well. Um, I think developing financial skills is it's a lifelong process um, and and it also helps to build those firm foundations for later life in adulthood. Um, you know, developing skills in learning how to develop healthy attitudes towards money, um, learning about how to spend money wisely, um, learning and developing savings habits. You know, all of these things are so important as key foundation blocks to develop good financial management for later in life. Financial education in schools is really important in developing knowledge and understanding and money skills. But actually, by the time children get to school, they're already developing or have developed key money habits. By the age of about seven, research shows that young people have already developed um, attitudes and habits you know, towards money. So what goes on at home before young people even start school is really important. 
parents and and other significant adults like grandparents who maybe spend a lot of time caring for young children are really key in that process. And this process, from a research point of view, it's what we call socialization. Young people learn from what's going on around them and parents are what we call key socialization agents. They model their behaviors to young people and, and young people, you know, watch what they do with money. They pick up on how, how parents and other adults talk about money and, and their values and, and attitudes. And And these all have an important influence on young people. So parents are kind of modeling behavior to their children from a very young age. And then when when young people go to school, the learning continues, but it becomes a bit more formalized uh, in the classroom with financial education. But I think where parents and schools can really work together is by parents understanding the role that they can play in helping to give young people the opportunity to develop experiences around money. School is really good at developing knowledge and learning around concepts and and information around developing numeracy and all of those kinds of things. But the school environment sometimes is a little bit difficult to develop authentic experiences around handling money and managing money. And that's where I think the home environment can really be helpful, where from a very young age, you know, children can be involved in conversations around money, in um, decisions to do with money. Are they going to save it? Are they going to spend it? All of those sorts of decisions that are really are really helpful to to have uh, in the home environment. That's very compelling. That that really is very interesting, uh, Tina. A little bit closer to home. How do you think money heroes can help with this learning? Well, I mean, Money Heroes is a fantastic resource. And I think what is so unique about Money Heroes is it's crossing that school and home boundary, as it were. It has a wealth of resources in there. So that can be really helpful to parents who are wanting some hints and tips on how they might start conversations with young people. Um, there's lots of resources in there that they can download to you know, help them understand what sorts of topics they could talk to young people about. There's amazing stories in there as well. So, you know, replacing one of your normal bedtime stories with one of the stories on, in the Money Heroes uh, resources would also be a, a great way of introducing learning about money, but in a, a story-based context. So it doesn't actually feel as though you're doing anything different, really, other than reading a story to young to a young person. Um, I think the other thing that's really helpful to parents is because it's a resource that is potentially being used by schools as well, parents can find out whether the school is using it and or, or what topics they might be using and they can use the parent facing resources to supplement some of that learning in the home environment. And we have all this research that shows us that parents want to get involved in their child's learning about money. How would you ensure children get the most out of their financial education at home? It's really about starting early, but I think it's also about building it into everyday activities as well. You know, research shows that young people respond really well to talking about money, being given responsibility to manage money on their own, 
also taking decisions around money. Now, this doesn't have to be their own money. It might be just involving the child in conversations, in the um, household decisions around where money is spent and how money is spent. So it doesn't have to be decisions that involve giving children money, because that might not always be an option for all households in terms of pocket money, for example. But it could also be thinking about other kinds of ways in which there are financial implications of the decisions that we make. Simple things like perhaps use of water in the house, which which has a cost to it that a lot of young people won't be aware of how much water costs and electricity as well. So encouraging young people to connect their everyday activities in the home with a financial cost and getting them to think about how they can make changes to save money. And most parents, and I I include myself in this with three kids, um, have a lot going on especially over this past year with all that the lockdowns and other restrictions have brought as well as work and so on. I mean, the list is endless, really, isn't it? Some have told us that it can be particularly overwhelming keeping up with all the skills they're trying to teach their children. So my question to you is, how would you suggest that they contribute to their child's development without feeling that pressure? Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, particularly with having had um, the last year of homeschooling, I think the parents are particularly feeling that the pressures. Um, I would say there's absolutely no need for parents to feel that they need to be financial experts in order to teach their children good money attitudes and, and, and simple money skills. And, and I wouldn't suggest that this requires them to do a lot of additional educational type of learning with young people. This is not about setting homework tasks or sitting children down at the table and doing a lot of learning. I would say keep it simple. As much as possible, try to build it into everyday activities. A simple trip to the shops, for example. You know, you can engage in a conversation with your child about what you're buying, how much things are costing. You could get young children to look at the ticket prices of items in shops and and ask them to compare the options to see, you know, if you buy this particular product, how much of this will you get for this much money? If you look at a different kind of branded option, you know, what are the options there in terms of how much you might buy for the same price? You know, those are sorts of simple conversations you can have with children as as you're going around the kind of the daily shopping routine and household routines. So I would say, you know, try to keep it simple and connect those kinds of financial implications and and money decisions with everyday activities and experiences that young people are having. I think that keeps it authentic and it keeps it real rather than trying to think this is something additional that parents have to do or something extra that they have to learn. I totally agree with you 100% there, Tina. Another question, important question. What do you think is the most common misconception we get teaching children about money from an early age? I think um, one of the key misconceptions is that the age at which children have to be in order to start talking to them about money or engaging them in conversations about money. There is a tendency, I think, for parents and adults generally to think that children should be older than they really need to be. 
it's never too young to start. I think as soon as your child is able to listen to a storybook, you can read them a, a story that has something to do with money in it, um, like one of the wonderful stories in the, in the Money Heroes resources, for example. Mm. But I think research shows that most parents commonly begin engaging their children with money skills when they're about eight years old. And that's probably a bit too late. By age seven, research shows that um, young children are forming money habits. So I would say, you know, don't think that your child has to be a particular age before you start thinking about money with them. You, you can start that at, at a very, very early age and as young as possible. And what do you think are the most common concerns and questions parents have in regards to talking to their children about money? I think um, some of the things that parents worry about is they, they worry that they, they don't know enough themselves in order to be able to teach their children about money. We've all been there, haven't we? Yes. <laughs> Um, and I think they worry as well that they feel that children shouldn't have to worry about money or think about money. So I think mm. there's a tendency for parents to believe that um, they're, they're protecting their children somehow by not talking to them about money. I think there's also a lack of confidence that parents have as well. They probably, some of them don't feel comfortable talking uh, adult to adult about money issues um, and don't want to reveal to their children that they may maybe lack confidence. The research suggests that only half of parents say they discuss money matters regularly with their children. So there's still a lot of opportunity there, I think, for parents to have conversations with their children about money. I mean, I think the Money Heroes resources certainly offer support to parents in helping to build their confidence, um, giving them tools to start conversations with their young children, ideas on activities that they can do with their children as well, as well as, as stories that they can use. And I think there are also ways in which parents can help support themselves a bit more as well, and maybe collectively with other parents. What I'm particularly thinking about here is um, things that parents do together collectively with their children, like organising birthday parties or organising outings, um, uh, those kinds of things, where they could bring children into the conversations around the planning of those events and thinking about the financial implications of them, the cost of things, getting children to also think about um, options that they might want to take you know which sorts of activities and events they might do and how much they're going to cost and if you did this one it's going to cost that and could you get more for your money if you were to do something different so I think those sorts of things parents could helpfully do collectively together and also with children it would also I think help children to understand the value of some of these activities as well, because I know all, all parents at some point um, are kind of pressured with pester, <laughs> pester kind of power from their children to um, buy things and engage in various activities that uh, that lead to spending money. And of course, the world of money is constantly changing. So keeping updated with money matters is pretty crucial, isn't it? 
It certainly is, yes. And and of course, today's youngsters are growing up in a, a very different um, context than um, the context that certainly I, I did um, in thinking about money. Everything, almost everything is digital now. Rarely do we actually see coins and, and notes being passed uh, in shops, for example. Most of the, uh, the money that we're spending is electronic these days, uh, either through a card or, or through a mobile payment. So I think there's a lot of difference there in terms of how the financial system works. You know, what what is money? What does money look like? And how is money spent and moved around? So I think there's a, there's a lot of aspects there for young people to learn about, which will be very different as well from the the world that, that a lot of their parents uh, grew up in. And also that brings other challenges with it as well that I think young people do need to be more aware of. Um, things like online fraud and cybercrime. Young people are, are perhaps much more aware of some of the dangers of uh, life online anyway, but there's certainly much more of a focus on learning how to keep your money safe now than perhaps there was um, when we were all sticking our money in bank branches years ago. Absolutely. Uh, I've been at the bitter end of, of, of a bad experience with uh, my daughter losing some money, um, which I told the listeners about uh, a, f- a few episodes ago. Uh, that had a happy ending, uh, thank goodness. A couple more questions for you, Tina. What is the most surprising thing you have learned over the years about children and money, both through your experience as a parent and as an academic? A couple of things, actually. I think one is just how interested young people are in learning about money and how important they feel it is. And I I have found that quite surprising, actually, that, that young people are that interested and they do recognize it as a key skill. All work that I've done with with young people of various ages, um, they've all said, we don't get enough of this at school or at home and we want to know more because they see the connection with with life, they see the connection with independence as, as they're growing older. The other thing that I think that has surprised me is that young people are much more advanced than we give them credit for. And they're a lot more sophisticated in their thinking about money at a very young age. And I'll give you an example that, that really did surprise me. I did a project a couple of years ago with a museum in Edinburgh. It's a money museum, a a great resource, and they do a lot of workshops with young people to teach them about the history of money and and, and all sorts of things to do with money. And um, we did a collaboration at the university with the museum um, with some of my university students and some children at local primary schools in Edinburgh. And the, the children came in and they took part in the workshops and my students went back into the primary schools with these young people to develop uh, projects around money, projects that the young people wanted to develop. And, and all of my students were saying they couldn't believe how, how knowledgeable the young people were. These were young people aged 10 predominantly, how much they knew about modern day banking, such as digital banking. They were talking about things like Bitcoin and crypto cryptocurrencies and <laughs> all sorts of sophisticated things it was it was unbelievable but they could probably the, put a few adults to shame absolutely 
absolutely. But but one of the projects that one of the groups did is they did a presentation on this and they did a money past, present and future. And it was the future bit that was really astounding because they were able to imagine a future when um, money was used and, and, and existed in particular ways. And they could envisage the, the use of robots and automatic assistance in shops and all of these sorts of really fascinating things. So I think, uh, and I think this probably, you know, brings us full circle to to some of the things I was mentioning earlier about um, the age at which you should perhaps be introducing young people to money. I think because they had so much knowledge and enthusiasm um, in in learning about this, that actually you can't start too young with young people because they do want to know and, and they will find out. I think this does just reinforce the need for learning about money and money skills to, to be at an early age and and to do that as much as possible, both at home and at school. You're really making me feel optimistic and positive for the future, Tina. Just a couple more questions before we let you go. Could you give us something that you have introduced at home to your children that you thought impacted their money management skills positively? Well, I'd like to say that I was a model parent in uh, teaching my children about money. Um, But I think um, I I probably came to this a bit later as an academic um, studying this and then realising as a parent, oh, there's more I could be doing here to help to teach my own children about money and and develop positive skills. I mean, I I did all of the, the sorts of things at a very early age, like helping them to, you know, think about money and and building that into toys and activities and doing all the kind of, you know, shop type activities at home and that sort of thing. But I think perhaps what really made a big difference is as soon as they were old enough, and this is about age 11, I think, you know, which is give them their own bank account and, and let them manage that money. They were managing money before that, you know, small bits of pocket money and so on. But I think what really made a difference is having having their own bank account that they could use with a bank card, go into the shops and spend, withdraw money. And at that point, switching from giving them pocket money to giving them an allowance and saying, you're now responsible for paying your own school lunches every day. You can be thinking about, you know, how you spend money on your own clothes and those sorts of things. And I think that's been quite a a life lesson for them um, because I've got two boys and they're both now at university and experiencing very different financial management of of a different sort, having to manage household expenses and rent and food and bills and so on. But I think that has um, stood them in good stead for learning how to do that. But I've got one son who's always been very careful with money and the other one who's a bit more of a spender than a saver, I would say. <laughs> and um, and when, when he first had this bank account and the money and um, and I put put a monthly allowance in and I think he thought oh this is a lot of money and I said well it's not a lot of money when you've got to factor in you've got to spend a few pounds each day on your school lunches and uh, he suddenly realized after um, spending um, on uh, quite extravagant school lunches for um, 
for, for a few weeks that he was actually draining his bank account and then decided at that point that um, it might be an idea to switch to making packed lunches and, and trying to uh, save a bit of money and, uh, and build up his uh, bank balance again. So I think that was quite an important lesson for him in learning about uh, money choices. And if you spend your money, you can only spend it once and you can't get it back again. I'd love to know what an extravagant school lunch is. I, I don't remember those. <laughs> well, Tina, it really has been brilliant speaking with you and hearing your advice on putting research into practice today. And I'm sure our listeners will have some impactful takeaways from this episode. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. No, it's been a pleasure. And of course, thank you to you, the listener, for joining another episode of the Money Heroes podcast. And if you'd like to share anything you've taken away from this episode, please visit moneyheroes.org.uk or get in touch at moneyheroes at y-m.org.uk. All the details are there. My thanks once again to Professor Tina Harrison. Until next time, goodbye. The Money Heroes podcast from Young Money, supported by HSBC UK. Available on your favourite podcast app. Please listen and subscribe.